If you're visiting with us today, we welcome you. We appreciate your faithfulness to God and in selecting a church to worship in. If you are visiting, there's a tag on the side of your uh, bulletin. If you'd please fill that out and during the time of offering, if you would drop it in and just let us know that you visited with us. We have a special welcome today for Reverend Wallace and his wife as they are here to deliver a message and Cedric will give you a little bit more information very shortly about Reverend Wallace. Our flowers today are given in memory of Wilder Perrin who gave her life to walking with God and Christian faith and we would like to honor her memory today with the flowers. Thank you. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? Amen. amen? amen. I have the honor and pleasure to introduce to you all a great man of God, who many of you know has been a strong force within our community. He has been a great mentor to me. Even though I only known him and his wife for only a couple of months, I have felt loved from both them and their community of faith at Green Bethel Baptist Church. And I want to welcome you and thank you for coming and gracing us with your presence. And I know that the Lord is working through him. I know that the Lord is working through his family, his community of faith, as the Lord is working through us all. And I am so happy and glad to be able to hear him as the Lord uses him and speak through him. And I pray that you all welcome him with all your love and grace and compassion and open up your hearts to the word of the Lord that he's gonna to present to us today. And I wanna thank you all for welcoming him and thank you all for continuing to follow us all down this path of reconciliation with Green Bethel Baptist Church as we continue to grow and to continue to build relationships and continue to build love between our two communities of faith. I thank you all, and again, thank you, Pastor Wallace, for coming today and blessing us with your presence. May the Lord bless us all, and as we, as a community of faith, welcome each other and join our time of worship and our time of congregational worship. Thank you. Thank you, it's great to have uh, Reverend Wallace with us today. Um, if you would, please look in your order of service or um, on the wall at the screen, and we'll join together in singing our call to worship.
145, 134. I will honor you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you. I will praise your name forever and ever. Lord, you are great. You are really worthy of praise. No one can completely understand how great you are. Parents, praise your works to, to their children. Tell, they tell about your mighty acts. Our hymn of praise this morning is number 216, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. So please stand and sing as if you had a thousand tongues. 216. If you'll sit right here, I think we can have our sermon on the steps. It is so good to see all your faces today. My goodness, what a crowd. Y'all need to sing every Sunday. I want to read you a scripture this morning, part of what Pastor Wade is going to talk about today. And it's from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. When anyone lives in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God. And in sort of a big scripture for us to understand, and when I started reading it, I thought about my fuzzy little creature here. It's a caterpillar. Now, you know real caterpillars don't look all these fuzzy colors, but... Caterpillars are everywhere sometimes during the season of the year, and I personally don't like them because they're creepy, but this one is colorful, and he's not going to crawl. But a caterpillar is a creature that God does something very special to. Do you know what it does, Bailey? What does God do to a caterpillar? It, it turns into a butterfly. Correct. How awesome. Thank you. God turns the caterpillar into a butterfly. But the caterpillar crawls all over everywhere for a while, and then it goes into its cocoon, gets 
and then when way you pop out, it's going to be a... Come on, you can tell. That's exactly right. When it's ready, it comes out and it's a butterfly. Beautiful butterfly. Sometimes they have lots of colors. I like to just watch, sit outside and watch them because they're so pretty. But you know what? God can't turn us into a butterfly, can he? And we are not a caterpillar, are we? No. But when we take God into our heart and we begin to walk that walk of faith, does God change us? Yes, yes he does, Kendall. He changes us. What does he do? Does he make us feel like a new person? Yes, he makes us feel like a new person. So when we, he t when we take God into our heart and we learn, we've been talking about this a lot, that we learn to talk to God. We don't only just talk to God about things we need help for. We talk to God about thanking him for this day, thanking him for the good things he does for us too. So we need to remember, God can't turn us from an ugly old caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. But God can make our heart feel so good and us feel so good when we take him into our heart that we feel like we're a new person, don't we, Kendall? I know that. And I want us to remember that every day. We've tried to learn to remember to talk to God, not just in a prayer, but to say thank you. Like today, I'd like to say thank you for all of y'all being here. It's so special to hear you sing. And I want to thank the fifth and sixth graders for the awesome job they did yesterday, packing the food closet bags. See, I have things to tell God all special about my children today because you're all my children and I love you very much. So let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. This is your day. We thank you for the rain that is coming to nourish the earth. But more importantly, Lord, we thank you for the word that we will hear today, that it nourish our body, revive our soul. Lord, these gifts that you give us, these children that are going to sing and share your joy, we thank you for each of them and for the families that they come from. Protect them, give them life and love. It's through Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I did want to mention to you this morning that um, on Palm Sunday, the choir will be presenting the musical. I know you've read about it and heard us talking about it, Celebrate Life. But each Sunday, we're going to have to add different things in the sanctuary that are for the play that we can't move. So this Sunday, we have the steps here. Next Sunday, we'll have a set over there. And then the following Sunday, you'll see the whole presentation. So I hope you'll just ignore these um, extra things that have been added. And I hope they won't interfere with your worship. We want to uh, continue to remember today Doug Bryan as he recovers from having broken his heel. He's going to have several weeks that he's going to have to be confined and stay off his foot. And um, so I know that you want to remember him in your prayers. And also continue to remember the Perrin family. Um, and I know you want to pray for Wade as he brings us the message today. If you would, please go with me to God in prayer at this time. For weeks now, O oh God, we have been drawing nearer to Good Friday and Easter, nearer to the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord. It is a good journey, 
and a hard one. Some of us have been more serious about it than others. Help us all, we pray, to see the importance of the journey. And even if we haven't been making it, haven't been intentionally praying and meditating about the life of Jesus and how it has shaped our history and our consciousness, we ask that we may join that journey now. Amid our busyness, help us claim the Sabbath times you offer. Grant regular rhythms of work and worship, rest and play. Draw us near to you in our spirits. May we forsake anything that we know is keeping us from being more filled with your life and spirit. Pull at the tabs of our lives until we open up to you and your reign, until we can no longer keep to ourselves and go our own way. Speak to us of what it would mean to us personally to become more involved with your realm, how we would find the peace and serenity we have always sought, how we would feel fulfilled in your love and service, how our lives would change to reflect your own great holiness and joy. Things in the world are too shallow and fickle to satisfy us, O Lord. Only the depth of your being can do that. Draw us near to you now and transform us by your presence so that we may learn to honor you in everything we say and do. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. turn in your hymnals to number 350, The Church is One Foundation, hymn number 350. Please stand and join me in singing.
prayer, please. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you humble. Father, we thank you for this beautiful place to worship and to gather, Father. We have so many blessings, so many blessings, Father. And we thank you for this opportunity to give back to you and to your church. Father, forgive us of our many sins and our shortcomings, Lord. We pray that each one of us will reach out to others, love them in your name, and to help them heal. We ask these things in your sons, Jesus, in his name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
If my son, if I had a son, or my daughters would have made a basket just now, I would have let out a yell. <laughs> Our children just left, but I tell you, we, are, we need the thunder when we hear them. Amen because they are doing a wonderful thing as they um, serve the Lord in this way. We're grateful that God has blessed with such wonderful youth and those who will uh, work to guide them in the ways of the Lord. Amen. We will look here at our scripture, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, 12 through 21. I am reading from the Holman Bible. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to be proud of us so that you may have a reply for those who take pride in the outward appearance rather than in the heart. For if we are out of our mind, it is for God If we have a sound mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us since we have reached this conclusion. If one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on then, we do not know anyone in a purely human way, even if we have known Christ in a purely human way, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is in Christ. Excuse me. That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, certain that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, 
so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Speak, we pray, in this moment, O oh God. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. I was told by Pastor Keith that uh, I was expected to uh, preach an hour. <laughs> Pastor Keith is younger than me, and for those who are over 55, you know I will not be here for an hour. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. It is our delight to have been a part of these last almost 22 years of the Balling Springs community to have served with uh, Green Bethel and uh, to have shared yearly in the Thanksgiving fellowship uh, services, exchanges. Uh, we are blessed to be a part of this community and this community of faith uh, in particular that uh, we are surrounded by and that there is this love that is expressed in varying ways from uh, many in this community. And so we thank God that we are about doing that work that he has called us to do uh, as his people, amen. And um, we are grateful that uh, we've been able to share with uh, Pastor McKinney and uh, to have some advantages because of where he is. Um, he's more from scratch this morning than I am <laughs> because he couldn't go online and listen to worship services <laughs> of Green Bethel. But I could go and learn that uh, he has been dealing with uh, boot camp for renewal, amen. And uh, that uh, we are here in this Lenten season and we are wanting that we would reflect more of the likeness of our Lord and Savior uh, Jesus the Christ. We celebrate the church as family. Amen. Always we are grateful that we can come together as a body of believers and, and acknowledge that we are family in Christ Jesus. Week after week in coming together, we declare, you declare who you were when founded as a Christian church. You declare this is who we are today as a body of Christian believers in the practice of faith in gathering week in and week out. And this is who we will always be. And we want that this message 
would be felt by all that we come in contact with. We're grateful for uh, you all opening your doors this day that uh, we could come and share even as uh, Pastor Keith is sharing at Green Bethel. There is a temptation for many, especially older Christians, to settle into a routine and to a self-perpetuating system of Christianity. And a part of what this Lenten season ought to do is to shake us, to help us to think in terms of who we truly are in Christ. We attend church, we listen to Christian music, we give our offerings and occasionally attend prayer meetings. Some, some are consistent. It's very easy for the machinery of Christianity to act like a boat which will carry those who step aboard with very little effort on their part. But we are not to be just bench warming Christians. Amen. We are to be active and in uh, promoting the message of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus the Christ. And so we're grateful, we're thankful to him for this opportunity that he extends to us each and every day that we rise uh, to be able to share uh, the message of his great love. When water stops moving, it becomes stagnant. The antidote for spiritual stagnation is the word of God. Not new doctrines and revelations, but new applications and timeless truths. The Lord yet has more truth to break forth from his holy word. Puritan pastor John Robinson spoke. It is possible to study the word of God, but not see the word of God. And the word needs to be seen in us as we live within community. Perhaps it has to do with the idea of having eyes to see and ears to hear. This mentioned in Deuteronomy 29 and 4. When was the last time you discovered something brand new in the Bible? Something that made you get up out of your chair and go tell your spouse of your new discovery. Or call or email a friend and say, are you aware of this verse? My friend, that ought to be our regular, perhaps even our daily experience. Far too many Christians have settled into a complacent attitude toward the Bible. They can name the 66 books, they can repeat some verses by memory and rattle off the major doctrines. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's been so long since they shouted Eureka during their Bible reading that it might bring the family running in alarm if they did it. You remember Archimedes declaring in his native language, Eureka, I have found it. When after long study, he discovered a method of detecting the amount of alloy mixed with the gold in the crown of the king of Syracuse, Italy. Have you found it? 
The Bible is ready to consume our hearts with its fire and provide eureka moments if we will only give the Holy Spirit free reign to reveal the word to us. We need to allow the word of God to speak to us even this day. And we need to be able to find those occasions on a regular basis wherein we know that the Spirit of the living God has spoken to us and that there is this willingness upon our part to obey. Amen. For we have not heard until we act upon what we say we have heard. Life is full of choices. Some of you just this morning had to choose whether or not to hit the snooze button or to get up. Will I have cereal or bacon and eggs? I'm attending Sunday school or just worship service. When I see the senior citizen with the fly open, do I open my mouth and tell him? Or do I let embarrassing moments shut me down? The way in which we set our priorities will shape how we make choices. Whatever is truly important to us comes through in what we do and say and in what we don't do and don't say. And it is motivation and heart's desire that drive and define our priorities and in turn our decision making. So here in 2 Corinthians 5th chapter, the Paul discusses a fundamental overriding priority for every Christian, being an ambassador for Christ. An ambassador is one who represents another, one who acts as an emissary. For example, President Trump has the responsibility of appointing ambassadors to foreign nations. These women and men will go with President Trump's commission. They will speak in his place and represent his beliefs and values what they say will come with his stamp of approval. Are we seeking each day that the places we go, the things we say, the things that we do, that we are truly representing Christ? Are we being his ambassadors? Every believer in Christ serves as an ambassador for Christ, for good or for bad. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that God makes his appeal through us. We, his disciples, he makes his appeal through us. So then, whatever we say should align with what Christ would say. What we do should align with what Christ would do. In this message, Paul provides three motivations that shapes how he prioritizes the role of being an ambassador for Christ. First, Paul says, that he knows the fear of the Lord. He says, therefore, because we know the fear of the Lord, we seek to persuade people. We are completely open before God, and I hope we are completely open to your consciences as well. Paul is aware that he once walked contrary to the will of the Lord before God called light into his heart and life. In the fourth chapter in fifth through the sixth verse, he says, we are not proclaiming ourselves, 
but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves because of Jesus. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul knows fearing the Lord centers on submission to Christ and he persuades others to do just that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Second, Paul says the love of Christ compelled him. The, the love of Christ controlled him. He notes that since one man, Christ died for all people, all people have died. Christ died for all that those who live might then live for him and not for themselves. Less of me and more of Christ. The logic is simple. It's easy. One righteous man dies for all. All of us who are dead in our trespasses and sin, all who respond to this good news with repentance and sin, of sin and belief in this one man, Jesus, receive their lives back. It's hard for the person who does not know Christ to understand uh, the believer who says, I'm enjoying life and not having to tiptoe around in order to enjoy it or spend Saturday night at the club to enjoy it. He can't understand it. He can't grasp it because of how his or her mind is focused on this world and not seeing how sin has hurt the heart of our Father. This touches on the area of Christian freedom. Paul is saying that Christian freedom is rightly handled, prioritized, it's the glory of God and the exaltation of Christ, not selfish gain. Far too often Christian freedom is equated with being able to watch certain movies and drink certain beverages. The central purpose of Christ setting people free is that they might enter his kingdom, be conformed to his image and glorify God. In short, Jesus died that we would die to sin and live for God. Amen. And I hope that you can say that you're enjoying your journey with Christ each and every day. Uh, right, I'm not sure. But uh, some folk have a, a uh, problem with the hymn that says every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's how you reflect upon that whether or not your focus is on your problems and the trouble you see in the world or on your Christ, amen. Your focus is all important. This reality did not simply make logical sense to Paul. It moved him for in 2 Corinthians 6, we see him recounting the ways the love of Christ has shaped his actions toward the church at Corinth as an ambassador to them. 
Now there was some problems that has, had existed and Paul had written and he has tried to help and deal with these problems, amen. But in Corinthians, the sixth chapter, we see him recounting the ways the love of Christ had shaped his actions toward the church at Corinth as an ambassador for them. Paul was insistent in faithfully representing Christ. He concludes that the Corinthian believers are not restricted by him, but in their own affections. The church at Corinth knew about the sacrifice of Christ, but it did not shape their lives. They were not modeling the message of Christ. They were aware of Christ's death on their behalf, but were not rightly moved to model the message of his selfless love. We have to ask ourselves daily whether or not we will model his selfless love. We encounter varying situations on our jobs, in our schools, in the marketplace, and we have to decide how we will allow or not allow the light of Christ to impact our actions. We as God's people today are prone to respond to Christ's sacrifice, more like the Corinthians than like Paul. In this Lenten season, I pray we rend our hearts and ask the Lord to do a work in us as we become more serious about the Bible and allowing his word to shape us into becoming better models as his kingdom workers. Thirdly, Paul was motivated to be a faithful ambassador for Christ because his ministry came from God. Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us this ministry of reconciliation. This message that every believer is Christ's ambassadors and uh, should therefore model the message of Christ did not originate with J. Vernon McGee or Mark Deaver or whoever your favorite Bible teacher is. The role of ambassador for Christ originates with the same God who spoke the world into existence and sustains it by the power of his word. There is no authority that can override God's authority. The fear of the Lord, the love of Christ, and the authority of God calls Paul to prioritize his role as an ambassador of Christ, and it should do the same for all of us. If we would model the message of Christ in the world today as Christ's true ambassadors, we will allow the Bible to be a lamp unto our feet and a light along our path. Paul, the writer of this letter, tells us in the sixth chapter about the character of his ministry. It was rough and harsh and in many ways beatings, afflictions, sleepless nights, grieving, yet always rejoicing. Always rejoicing. How do you rejoice 
when you are being beaten and you are being confronted with varying afflictions, when you're having to experience sometimes sleepless nights. Well, it's the relationship that one has developed with our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. When I looked at that passage, and I hope I'm not too close to my hour, uh, when I think about that passage, when I think about his words and that which he is uh, experiencing and how he expresses how he responds to that which is going on in his life daily, I uh, thought about a song that uh, those who are over 50, most of you grew up and you heard a group called The Temptations. And one of those fellas started out a song. He said, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. When it's cold outside, I've got the uh, yeah, I thought somebody ought to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've got the month of May. He says, I guess you'd say, what can make me feel this way? Huh? What can make me feel this way? It's cold outside. Huh? It's rough in my life but I got sunshine. What's causing him to feel that way? My girl. My girl. Talking about my girl. Man, you can sing that. <laughs> when we think about who Christ is in our lives, when we reflect upon sin and what he has done to save us and that he asked of us that we would join in in that work of reconciliation. He's told us that it's not going to be easy. He's made us aware that the world hated him, so they will hate us. The world has mistreated him, so they will mistreat us. But he calls us into this work of reconciliation. And so if the storm seemed to be raging in your life, you ought to be able to flip that song from the temptations, and say, I've got sunshine, amen, on a cloudy day, huh? When it's cold outside, I've got the month of May. 
I guess you say, what can make me feel this way when trouble is on every side? Amen. My God. Talking about my God. He's called us into this work of reconciliation. And I pray that each and every day we will ask God to help us to take advantage of every opportunity to let someone know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Holy Father, we pray in this moment that you would take these words through the foolishness of preaching and help us that we might be the better for kingdom building. Draw us unto yourself. If there be one who has not come to know your son through the confession with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believing in their heart that you raised your son from the dead, we pray you save this day for the wonderful, matchless name of your Son, our magnificent Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Wallace, for those words. Um, I want to extend to you now if you would like to um, make a decision or join our church or just come forward to pray, I'll be down front to meet you there. Um, and if you would join me in singing hymn number 61. Savior like a shepherd, lead us. Number 61.
seated. Um, I want to present to you Marie and Roger Webb. I think you all know them, or many of you know them, and they have uh, come to join with us and unite with us. Um, I think I'm supposed to call for a vote. Is that right? <laughs> I think everybody's glad to have you, but um, I guess I'll do it the right way. Is there... Um, Somebody, Max, am I doing this right? Okay, so everybody who wants to welcome the web into our midst, would you do join me in saying amen? amen? Amen. We're so glad to have you, and I'm looking forward to getting to know both of you. Um, at the close of the service, would it be okay to go down front and uh, go out there and shake people's hands? Would that be okay? Okay. They'll be out front, and I won't be out there, so y'all be sure and welcome them. I know you will, because you welcomed me so well. If you are able, please stand and receive the benediction and then join me in the congregational response, please. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God give you grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. So may God take your minds and think through them. May God take your lips and speak through them. May God take your hearts and set them on fire. Go now in God's peace to serve the world in love.